Hello and welcome to this, the third and final part of episode 45 of The Future of Work, the podcast that looks at every aspect of work in the future. It's brought to you by Wanda. I'm Doug Folks, and with Wanda CEO Claire Hadar, we end off our interesting conversation with entrepreneur and lead engineer Derek Franco. In the first two parts of this conversation, we've discussed agile working and how business teams can use it to their advantage. And we spoke about Derek's Future of Work Project podcast and the amazing people that he's interviewed. Today, we focus on the practical side and find out what has worked and to be honest, what hasn't. Lots of take home value here. Claire, over to you. You spoke about throwing things against the wall. So yep. <laughs> we're going to put you on the spot and we're going to All ask right. you, what have you thrown against the wall? And I'll start with what's working. So I know okay. you've shared two of the like mm. the, the medical benefits and, and the way you're approaching individual employees. But talk to us a little bit more about that. What other things are working? One thing that we've been experimenting, kind of going along that asynchronous route again, is we've been experimenting using, um, so Slack has this tool, but also uh, there's a tool that we use called Loom. And basically it's just pre-recorded videos. So one thing that I'll do is, because we have engineers all over the world, I will actually record myself going through the next week's sprint on Friday or Saturday night and going into all the details that my engineers are going to need to know. So I'll go through and say, hey, guys, this is what we're going to be working on. This is what changed since you, you know, were talked to about it. This is what the goal is towards. And then this is what it's going to be working towards, you know, in the next sprint after that. And so, you know, it's usually about a 25 minute video that I pre-record on Friday, but I send it out on Sunday night. And so any of my engineers, whenever Monday morning is for them, they get that video, they can review it and they can get started. They don't have to wait for a synchronous meeting for us to get together and go through this. Now we still have that meeting, but instead of that meeting being 45, 50 minutes, it's a seven minute meeting. It's everybody gets together. We talk about how the weekend went and it's just, Hey guys, did you have any questions on the video or anything that you've worked on so far? And if nobody has questions and we, we kick off and get the week started, we've now cut our 50, 60 minute kickoff on Mondays to five, seven minutes. You you know, you want to talk about a productivity boost, like that is it. And then, you know, doing that as well with, a more of a focus on writing. So, you know, th- this this really pissed a lot of people off and it still really does right now at the organization, but it's, you know, nine out of 10 times if somebody messages us and says, there's a problem, our reaction is, is there a ticket? Is there something that we can reference and have a conversation on and get all the details in? Because eventually what's going to happen is six months from now, we're going to be like, well, why did we do that? Or what was the reason? And we actually have a thing to go back and see the full conversation but also it's completely open. We're not siloing information off from people in these public tickets. So if one of my engineers was trying to figure out why we did something and they go into the ticket, they can comment on that conversation or they can bring up that conversation again if it's three months old. So that's something that's really helped as well is kind of opening that information silo and making it where everybody can contribute to the the problems that we're seeing from a day to day. I think that one other thing that's worked very, very well for us. And, and this was a, this is something that's very hard, I think for, for organizations, but it goes back to that agile mindset is we have this mindset that we need to change the way that we run our product as the organization grows. Like we, we just know. And, you know, I mean, we started out with two people at counterpart in 2019, we're almost at, you know, almost at 30 people now. And we just keep having to shift how the organization runs. 
you don't have to implement the perfect system on day one. You just have to implement whatever works for you right now and know that as you're hiring more people, as you're creating more teams, as you're working things out, it's going to adapt. And and that's okay. You know, and I think that's where a lot of people right now, they had a lot of trouble when we first went remote. They almost got shell-shocked because it was like, oh my God, we got to plan this whole thing out and how this works and what this does, what will it do for the future, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so companies were kind of just paused for three months, just trying to figure it out. Like, no, when you're in that mindset, it's just figure out what can work, start working in it and adapt. Um, and that's something that's worked very, very well for us. And is it hectic? Yes, but it's hectic for one or two people every six months. And then the organization just keeps flowing at this amazing growth rate. Um, so yeah, those are just some of the things that we've seen so far that have that have really, really worked. But the, the last thing I want to call out is this idea of open communication. So, you know, I brought this up from like the information silos, but we've built our culture around putting it in everybody's head that every single person's input should not be filtered. It should be direct because we're going to make much less mistakes, much, I mean, just a variety of less mistakes. And I tell every engineer, like, this is one of this part of my hiring process. I say like, you have full permission to look at me, to look at our CEO and tell us that is the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And the only thing I'm going to say back is, okay, why? Like that's, that's the kind of openness that we want because we want that communication cycles. And so, you know, this openness mindset, it doesn't just come from the communication, but it comes from the ability to kind of get that ego away and understand Mm. like Mm. why, what is, what is those reasons that we're wrong? Like, what are those things? And if someone can give me a cool, a, a good answer for what exactly it is, perfect. Let's move on. Like you are right. I'm wrong. Let's move on. And that's another way that these have worked so well. And that, that's probably the hardest one to do because a lot of people in organizations, they, they do have egos. And so it's something that you have to build from a cultural level of if you want that much openness, you have to start having those conversations with people to figure out what will make them comfortable to tell me when something is going wrong. That's the number one thing to focus on when you're kind of building out that openness cycle. That's interesting, Derek, because I know, Claire, with Wonder, you've got the no bullshit guide. Derek, like literally, it's almost like you, you're my twin in some other universe. <laughs> <laughs> like quite literally. I won't, go into the, I won't go into the history behind the no bullshit guide. I'll tell you that offline, but I think you'll love it. And that's exactly what it is. It's for that exact reason. It's like, I can't wait. Drop the bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I'd rather be angry and, and trying to figure and scramble stuff out now than think everything's going well for two months. <laughs> okay, Derek. So those are things that are working. What what didn't stick when you threw it at the wall? Oh, man. How much time do we got? <laughs> <laughs> do we need beer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, no, great question. Great question. Yeah, this is this is one that I swear everybody's probably tried, so they've probably figured this out. But Trying to do the virtual happy hours, they don't work, guys. Like, no, just stop doing it. It it doesn't work. I understand the concept behind it, but realistically, like, let's think about what that situation actually is. It is not sitting in a room and drinking with all your coworkers and talking. It is literally you staring at a computer, drinking alone in a room like that. Think about that concept. Like eventually it only takes a couple minutes into the call for everybody's mind to kind of figure that out. And then it's just awkward for the next hour or however long the happy hour is. So yeah, you know, don't do that. Instead, focus on things that are are active. So, you know, like one thing that we're planning right now is there's an online escape room. And so we're basically, we basically, and it's not something that everybody has to attend. We basically just message people and said, Hey guys, how many of you would like to do like an online escape room? Is anybody interested? 
And like 10 people reacted like, yeah, I'd love to do that. So we're setting that up. And, you know, basically that's something that we know is going to be a great exercise because they're going there because they actually want to do this, number one. And number two, they're going to be participating and active in it. So they're not just going to be sitting there awkward like it's something they want to do. Another thing that, you know, we've we've done is, uh, and this is something that's worked. And I just want to, I should have added this. We've created a uh, channel that we call the Counterpart Cafe in Slack. And it's kind of just like anybody can post random things in there. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is it's worked great because it allows us to have these little like fun ideas and fun things and, and you know, kind of rib on each other back and forth. But where we've messed up is before we had that channel, we had like seven different types of Slack channels, all for like specific things. So like one Slack channel was like a random channel and one of them was like a news channel. And then one of them was like a, you know, ideas channel. And then one of them, like it just kept going on, you know, and then you realize after a while that like people just didn't post in them because they didn't know where to post it. Like they'd find a funny article but they're like, do I post that in news or do I post that in random? Or they, they'd like, you know, they'd find a, they'd have an idea for like getting the team together. And they're like, well, is that under remote or culture? Or like, they didn't know what the hell to do. And so, you know, that's, that's another thing that we messed up on was we, we had that. And then originally we just consolidated it into counterpart cafe. And it literally says just anything like that. That is the description. It's like any, I think, I, I think off the top of my head, we're like anything, imagine a virtual warehouse like coffee shop. Like that's basically what we kind of like the idea that we said to people. Um, but yeah, that one, yeah. you know, definitely was, was a mess at first trying to, you know, get people to silo information. One big thing that we messed up on was when we first introduced OKRs was spending way too much time trying to get exactly like what those initiatives are that focus on the OKRs. That stands for objective key results. And, you know, large organizations kind of love these all the time because it's a great way to measure what are we getting done. But this goes back to, you know, what Claire was talking about is this no goals rule. Like, you know, we tried to implement it because we had done it before. And then we realized very quickly that all this did was exactly what Claire described earlier. It just took us weeks of planning and arguing about what was the actual thing that we needed to get done and when are we going to do it? Who's the project owner, et cetera, et cetera. When the simplest thing for us was just to take a step back and be like, hey guys, what are the three most important things that we want to do? And all of a sudden, like everything else kind of fell into place because it was like, okay, well, all of these OKRs that you listed, none of them have to do with these three. So why the hell are you listing them? Like get rid of them. All of a sudden, you know, conversations became much more open when you had that almost North star for employees to look at and, and to drive towards as you were doing your planning. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, messed that one up there before. Um, and the last one I will bring up, one thing we do every year is we try and get people together. Um, you know, we're trying to go for two times a year, but at least once a year to bring it together just because that you, you need that in-person time. But the one thing that we've messed up before is taking too long to figure out when dates work for people because we're all busy, you know, and, you know, especially you want to get everybody together before the end of the year. But let's think about that. If you're in the States, you have Thanksgiving coming up and then Christmas time and everybody's all over the map. And if you're working remote, they've probably already gotten their tickets. They've probably already figured out their stuff on when they're going to work in, you know, near their parents or near their friends. So that's one thing is, you know, if you know that you're going to do a get together, let's say in September, or October time, start getting those dates together in January. Because if you wait for the summertime, I guarantee you someone's got a wedding planned. Someone's got, you know, vacation time planned. Someone's got this. And trying to get those dates narrowed out is not going to work. But we've seen people start to even introduce the, the head of remote role that does kind of multiple things on this. One, it's focusing on how can we build out this 
remote culture and figure out what's working and what's not. But also for stuff like this, it's when are we bringing these get togethers? What are ways that we can improve people as they're, you know, trying to get together? Are there people that are near each other that we can get together for just like little, their their own little events? Like we don't have to be there, just the people that are near each other. So yeah, I think that that's another one where we've definitely messed up is waiting too long to plan those events in the past. And uh, we're kind of left scrambling with people at the very last minute being like, okay, well, can you move that? Or can you move this? Maybe this date, maybe this date. So yeah, that's something that I've definitely seen us drop the ball on before. I think along those lines, we've also just learned that no date is ever going to work for everybody. So just set God, the no. date. Yeah, it's set like, the date. Exactly, exactly. Just set the date. <laughs> yeah. So the, Derek, this has been a great conversation, honestly. Thank you so much. Like I said, you feel like my twin <laughs> in some <laughs> other life and some other universe. And can't wait to get this information out there and, and share it with our audience. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Doug, Claire, thank you both so much for the time as well. And then, yeah, you know, if anybody wants to learn more, uh, you know, about the future of work project, um, you know, available on Spotify, all, all the different ones for podcasts. And then, yeah, like I said, the book will be, uh, hopefully coming out next year. So yeah, looking forward to, uh, to, uh, yeah, getting that out to the world. And that is the end of episode 45. Let us know if this shorter split version of our conversation has worked for you. Catch us on Spotify, Google and Apple Podcasts or on Wonder's website. That's wndyr.com. From Claire and myself, bye for now.